0: Hi, I'm Mario Evan and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired edutainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Yo, family, deep voice things. Welcome to episode number 29 of Talk Truth. It's good to be back with my Talk Truthers. And um, today's episode is actually an important one, a heavier one. And the disclaimer I give to you for this episode is that it's such a sensitive topic that my wonderful guest, we have a lot of giggles, but the giggles and the laugh, laughs, I think, punctuate a topic that is so serious for some people, for most of us, that without those giggles and laughs, we wouldn't have been able to get through it without bawling. So um, I ask you to be patient with this episode because there are a lot of gems in this episode through Anika's experience and and I really implore you to listen through the seemingly fun parts, but all of it really is quite serious. And on today's episode, Anika was kind enough to share with us her journey, losing her parents. She lost both parents close to each other and um was kind enough to to share that experience. And I know many of you may have parents who you have lost, one or both, some parents you have no relationship you don't even know some of you are very close to your parents so i know that this episode may or may not touch people in different ways because it runs the gamut but we were all brought here by two humans and um at some point we may experience that loss so really check out this one and um this one means a lot to me because just check it out see you on the other side Slap, I I did so big? You <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes some big head people come on this podcast. I'm <laughs> watching nobody listen after today. <laughs> do you do
1: these outtakes? And though? I keep them, I do keep them
0: actually. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it depends on what they are. <laughs> Anika, are you ready for this?
1: I guess so. Let me take out my gum. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, Welcome to the next episode of Talk Trout! You know, every time I say that, I hope people are actually saying it at home, but I don't know, so I'm going to do a survey on that. Um, I have with me uh, such a wonderful person who I've just only met probably under two years, maybe even under a year, Mm -hmm. possibly. And um, today we're going to actually talk about something really important and um, heavier than some previous episodes. So... Welcome to Talk Truth, and um, introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Hi all, I'm Anika ripoll Wilson, and I'm um, good friends with Mario. Even though we've only met, what two, maybe two what, years, under uh, a year, and yeah. under uh, two if years, you like it 20 f- years, it feels <laughs> like twenty. Like you've yeah. known me
0: forever. <laughs> and um, well, we're gonna talk about. Actually, I don't think we have an official title, but I'll say we'll talk about losing parents. Yeah. And um, Anika was kind enough to actually. Share her experience, and I we we have no idea where this conversation is going, which is the <laughs> good and bad part. Just this in case this <laughs> becomes like an Oprah episode. Oh god! But before we we go into that, I just want Anika to tell tell us a little bit about what she does. Like, what what do you do in life?
1: Okay, so I am a brand and digital marketing coach, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Um, run a business called Chic Digital. And I'm a mom um, nice. of, of, and a stepmom. So that has to somewhat be differentiated depending on the audience that's listening. Right, right. But regardless, it's a mother, you yeah. know. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess that would categorize things. And it's funny because before I lost my parents, I would have naturally just identified myself as being a daughter. As right, well. a yeah. daughter
0: would be in that list, yeah. So, that I
1: just, yeah, I didn't mention I'm a wife, too. You I are, to make I sure know, I right? <laughs> and,
0: and, um, big up her husband because he actually is the audio engineer today of sorts. He, he created <laughs> our, our very quiet space that we're in. So, big up to,
1: to I feel like everybody can hear me breathing to so. Mark.
0: I know it's one of those intense <gasps> these microphones, like everything, they the might hear you when you swallow. And I just want to add at this point that I met Anika too because we, we had worked at the same place for a while and she identified some some greatness in me. And, you know, we ended up working together where she was actually coaching me on, on my marketing strategy. And I learned a whole lot and I'm still actually... I'm going to be coming back to her for more coaching. Nice. But but um, as of right now, a lot of the things that we have done, even in this podcast, some of them were ideas from Anika. You may have heard me bigger up on her two times. Um, like Truth Bombs was a, her suggestion, you know. Ooh, ooh. I haven't dropped on in a while. <laughs> so, you know, lots of wonderful marketing tips. So if you guys ever need someone to coach you with your brand, I I would recommend her highly.
1: Thank you, Mario. I'd recommend me highly
0: all right so so where do we start with this conversation um where do you want to start
1: um.
0: tell (laughs) us tell me about the wonderful people who are your parents it's a good start let us honor them in in identifying who they are and what they meant to you
1: okay and and we're willing to take breaks and we can edit thankfully this is not live television so (laughs)
0: exactly exactly
1: (laughs) so okay so um most of well i would say that there's a Generation of people who may not be familiar with my parents, right? But um, to many, they were um, stalwarts in their own fields. So, mom was a big educator, and she worked in in not just in education, but also in terms of helping individuals through different processes and um regu- reg- regulatory processes for mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. so apart from her starting as a teacher and moving all the way through administration and even representing the country for unesco repeatedly she was um she was she big in education uh,
0: got involved in the other elements of it
1: yes yeah, so that's that's daily repo mills repo and then my dad herbert denny repo he was a pretty big
0: architect (laughs) so (laughs) they both had d names daisy and denny
1: delia and denny delia and denny a flower a flower right yeah (laughs) so i mean uh, they were very talented individuals in their own rights um dad was an incredible poet he was he was an the artsy one very good with words mommy was more on a pragmatic side and more very caring and from the heart, both of them were. So I have that kind... Of, I've, I've taken that element of always giving of myself from them.
0: Let tell you, can't come into this house and not be after <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I mean, so you just know that whoever... our food. Or food, or food, or alcohol sometimes. But you know, alcohol whoever I am, um, whoever raised her, definitely taught her these, these <laughs> wonderful things. All right, so that is uh, mommy and daddy. And mm-hmm. how many of you are there in terms of siblings?
1: So I have uh, an elder... So my dad was married before mm-hmm. so i have a brother and a sister from that previous marriage Right. and then there's my brother and i have a little brother as well all right yeah
0: so four of you well yeah, you would make well five, five. Mm-hmm. right okay wonderful so then um so what was life like growing up with them so you guys grew up in this family house that we're in now
1: yeah so well we moved so hmm, i grew up primarily here But we had lived in Drumbler for quite some time. um, And they had lived even in Atlanta for some time before I was born. But yeah, so we we primarily lived in this house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Daddy built this house. He designed this house as well.
0: I think maybe a good question is... Uh, continue to journey with me from childhood with your parents, because mm-hmm. I miss mean, be the like the therapy I know, right? No, it's just that the the, <gasps> lo- the, the the losing of the parents is the is done, is further down. right? So you know, <coughs> y- you don't really want to. And I
1: realize I'm always very cagey and not cagey, nervous. Like I can I can hear the shaking in my breathing,
0: right? Like I can hear it. So like too. this is where I do my therapy thing and say, <sighs> just yeah, deep deep breath. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: not lemas. <Lamaze. laughs> <laughs> I do that as well. I make jokes when I'm uncomfortable, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I still love the fact that you are willing to have this conversation. <laughs> um, so continue the journey from childhood, so okay. and take take me along mm-hmm. your journey with your parents and what it was like just being around them.
1: Um, so I would say that I grew apart from my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, that would have been a couple of things. You know, he was he was. He was an incredible father, very good provider, um, but he was always busy. Right. So his work took him quite a bit out of the country and away from home. So as much as I have very good memories with dad, that, that there was a... There was a time frame where I became a bit resentful right. of not having him around.
0: So it was like a, an absence of closeness made yeah. it become a little resentful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: there, so there, there are a few da- daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> but those I would actually say, and this is interesting, and it has come up before in different conversations, where I can say, I have more or less resolved those daddy issues in his since his passing. Right. Which is.
0: Which is, which, is which is interesting, interesting right yeah, it's interesting because yeah. <coughs> you would think that in his passing maybe you'd still hang on to them and cling on to them and after and battle with them
1: yeah I didn't, I didn't have a choice but to to figure out a way to let them go and it this this is gonna sound bizarre but i feel closer to him now than yeah. i did when he was here
0: i don't think it's bizarre either i think yeah. i've heard other people actually mm. actually actually mm. i think they i think the rock the rock actually recently expressed this to Oprah oh, in their podcast because his dad way. his dad dad died recently, recently and yeah. they had a a few tussles you yeah know? yeah um and he said that that he felt a little bit more at peace mm, yeah after
1: I would say so as well and uh, um, I would say <clears throat> what put a strain on the relationship too was that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's mm-hmm. so uh, and that diagnosis came when I was probably around 15 16. So that would have been a pivotal time in my personal right. development. You're like a mid-teen. Yeah, right. and I, I realized, and I've said it before as well, I felt like I was losing him little by little.
0: To the, to the illness first. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And all right, so that's that. What about your relationship with mom?
1: <clears throat> so let me try not get emotional.
0: <laughs> and you're allowed to untalk truth. We have a tissue yeah. here. Yeah. And I'm a, doc- I'm a doctor. I don't <laughs> that changes nothing. No. <laughs>
1: um mom was uh, i i would say over time we became best friends so it was we had a very close relationship and i i and I, i say that with pride that she was and and she did also say that i was her best friend yeah Mm-hmm. so i gonna try mario <laughs> you know what
0: folks uh, you know i'm going to try <clears> not to <throat> not to edit this episode too much you know why Wait, <laughs> Sorry, we, can, we can curse and talk to you it's because you know it's funny <laughs> i wanted to talk to anika about marketing you know <gasps> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> and but, i went and volunteered anika this. suggested this topic and Damn. i thought this is a <laughs> really important topic because before you even lose parents, uh, um, if you're close enough to your family, that is, and you have parents who are around you, the stage before that is, they'll get older, mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll get older, and they may become ill, um, if things you know progress in a traditional way, and all of that is very difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. So you are now doing big woman things. <laughs> you're married, you know, you're a mm-hmm. mother, and all right. So take me now to. Take me now, to which one of your parents passed first?
1: Dad. Dad. What was... Uh, w- <laughs> the funny thing is, some mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in December 20... 2009. Okay. So she was diagnosed in 2009 of pancreatic cancer. And anybody who knows about pancreatic it's cancer, it's, it's insane. Like, yeah. the, s- the survival rate is tiny. Tiny. So that scared the hell out of us. Um daddy was pretty well progressed in his parkinson's at that time. At that time. And mom had started and pulling me along in the process started preparing us for her passing first right, right so it was about setting up things for daddy for long-term care and mm-hmm. making sure that everything would be okay This was once him. she had been diagnosed Once she was diagnosed right. like she just started she just
0: aggressively started the plan for it yeah. um
1: my she was also working on herself and you know getting her treatments and so forth and she had it's amazing positive outlook but she knew the
0: she <coughs> knew the, the, the outcome the outcome typically right the
1: typical outcome mm-hmm. so we we did not anticipate that daddy would have passed first mm. um and mom survived Considerably long with pancreatic cancer, right. um, and had a very good quality of life for a good amount of time. Wonderful, because yeah. she was diagnosed December twen- 2009 but she didn't pass away until January twenty thirteen. Wow! So she got a long so, time. So and
0: was it that the treatment had been somewhat effective <clears throat> in in reducing the tumor load? And well,
1: we had there there were there were those obviously like she did her treatment, she did her surgery, she mm-hmm. removed the pancreas, she removed. Parts of the liver, she removed um, parts of the intestines, because it, it had already spread. spread right? We had actually gone to Trinidad for that, that surgery. And I remember being so scared because I, in the back of my head, I was almost preparing and going with her to come back with her in a box
0: right right every time you <clears throat> went into a major pr- procedure or something you were yeah. wondering if this was going to be yeah yeah
1: so so when I came back because I left her in Trinidad when she had come out to ICU and so forth and I had a cousin come and stay with her mm-hmm. and um I left going back to my work but I I knew that it was so interesting because I'm not on that flight back, and I'm remembering it now, and I'm trying to just whew, keep it together. Mm-hmm. But on that flight back, I had never seen the island in coming back in that direction.
0: Mm. So in Jamaica, you mean? Jamaica. Coming back, right. So
1: when we were flying back, the pilot took away that. I, I, I just never saw it before, and it was beautiful.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought how lucky I was that I did not have mom. But um, the thing is, it doesn't... Whenever people ask me about my parents, and they'll typically say, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't feel sorry, because it's um, it makes me relive moments, you right, know? Right, so it, right. I don't, you don't... I mean, want I'm bawling, but I feel but good. Yeah. I, feel, I feel happy to remember them, you right. know?
0: It's, it's just... just what, I hate
1: when people hear me cry.
0: <laughs> but you know what you've, you've emphasized and. What you what you remind us is that even though a lot of people say it gets better, mm-hmm. it's still difficult, you know. And <sighs> that's and that's the that's message the thing, that it's it never really it does, does not, it get better though?
1: No, 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 no. And what I was saying to you was in that moment when I was coming back and seeing how beautiful the island was, and realizing how lucky I was that she was not in the luggage compartment, right, being carried in a casket. Mm-hmm it it was moving to know that i had a little bit more time with her
0: right so she so she had completed the surgery in trinidad she, and you were coming back alone i was coming back but she was recovering she was recovering all right um and that would have been like in 2010 cause since that was exam. 2010 so she had done that yeah that's early old. yeah so mm-hmm. it was
1: pretty early and they they were very aggressive with how they, they treated mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. um but to to because we kind of jumped a second like to answer your question if it gets easier no it doesn't get easier you just you just learn how to live differently you
0: cope differently
1: yeah it's it's there's a quote and i can i can't remember who said it but it was um my i think was it Abraham Lincoln He's, or someone said my mother taught me everything except how to live without her mm. so it's it's literally a new way of living an existence especially when you're close to a parent
0: i'll find that quote. Cool. we'll find it i'll put it yeah, in the show notes yeah. wow um you know why I, I probably was saying it gets easier one day i asked my mom if she misses my peer, misses her parents and i think she said that she does mm-hmm. but i think she was saying that i mean her parents would have died many years ago mm-hmm. I think she said there comes a point where you just know you won't get them back, yeah. and I think somewhere in in kind of coming to that resolve, I don't know. It just it maybe not easier, but it's different. Yeah. So you know, you know so she, she probably wouldn't cry anymore at this stage of the game, but you know, mm. I don't know. It's different.
1: I think there's still there there might be still moments when she would cry. Maybe you know? if if you were to yeah. set it up a certain yeah. way, right? Yeah. I believe you. But at the same time, it even even after grieving yeah there's a second part of grieving where you have to come to that realization where my knee-jerk response when something either amazing or terrible happens isn't to pick up the phone and call my mother or to make sure my father is okay it's it's um when that happens it it hit me over it was almost like another Dimension of grief.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because immediately after, you're still kind of feeling that. Yeah. You're, physically yeah. Present.
1: Exactly. So it's it's almost. And I mean, there are different stages of grief you go Exactly. Through. I mean, <laughs> this is a
0: Kubla Ross. <laughs>
1: exactly. I know about Ross. I actually, I, I, went. Did, I did this as my sixth form SBA. Right. Death. So it. Um. I've always had a very interesting relationship with it, and it has never really scared me. So I knew the processes. Angle, the stages,
0: anger. Yeah. I believe it was the first one.
1: Yeah. Or is it denial? Denial. Denial, denial and then, then anger. Then Then you have uh, bargaining. And I think then there's depression and then you have acceptance. Right. Yeah and i mean you go through that in in any stage of grief whether it even be with breaking up in a relationship it's it's, it's you do go you through go all of the phases stages, you do yeah. go through all it's the grief. stages and
0: then you still even when you think it's over sometimes there are things that come and box it on exactly. and remind you that you're not fully over it exactly all right so so what year did your father pass and what was his cause of death
1: um, it would have been complications related to the Parkinson's. Right. So, um, he passed away in twenty eleven. November first, twenty eleven, like a few days before his birthday. Yeah. Um so mommy it Was a Scorpio. Yeah. Like you m- and my mother <laughs> and were off Scorpio <laughs> right <Yeah>. now. <laughs> <laughs> what but about the sound of Scorpion makes? <laughs> 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 I could
0: hear the <laughs> pincers, the pincers go. <laughs> choo- we just made a Scorpion song, guys. <laughs> oh.
1: oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, he passed in two, two, yeah. 2011, you said? In 2011. November 1st. Mm.
1: um And I think, I mean, I've always dealt with death, you know, with different family members, and I was always very involved. And I made sure of it, like trying to be involved in going to funeral homes and so forth. But because mommy was sick, and mind you, she was up on a boat, yeah. you know, but I didn't want her dealing with the stress. So I, I took this on.
0: She was functional, but you stepped up.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that, was, that would be, that would have been a pivotal moment in me being an adult yeah. and me being a daughter.
0: How oh, old um, were you at that time?
1: Oh, God, I'm have to calculate. Do I have to say that? You don't that? have
0: to say that, no matter. Okay. I just wanted to you know if you were still um, a in teenager. 20s right, I 20s mm-hmm. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then so dad <laughs> dad passed away a few days before his birthday and, and i went to register because we had very close birthdays i actually went to register his death on my birthday mm-hmm. and i remember how Im- emotional that was yeah but i was very i guess i would say distant from it i was literally just going through the processes you know
0: okay and that's a functioning yeah,
1: yeah. um and uh, just making sure everything was dealt with and very business focused where where his passing was concerned and making sure that everything was put together. I mean, I had cried, but I didn't fully cry until the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I, I understand that that's how it often is, too, mm-hmm. because the knee jerk response is to get stuff done right and I am the child and exactly. I want to step up I'm and like I'm gonna I want to be know, responsible to deal with this right mommy
1: not going to deal with this I have to make sure everything is okay and then of course you know there can be issues within a family but so it was just about making sure that everything just got dealt with and right. we were staying focused and keeping everybody yeah. as
0: comfortable as possible I guess yeah and um I like they said it was a pivotal moment in your adulthood because I think that happens many times in your adult life mm-hmm. When things happen, and death is one of them. All right, so tell me a little bit about so between dad passing in 2011 mm-hmm. and mom passing in 2013. Yeah, what was that journey like? now? so one parent is no longer around, and what mm-hmm. what how does life change after that?
1: Um, well, so dad, uh, it it was interesting because. Of how focused we were. Like I had mentioned before, we were preparing for mom right. to go first. Like we thought daddy would live forever. So yeah, you didn't expect it at so the time. It, mm-hmm. it so was, it was surprising in some ways. Um, at the same time, there was a sense of... Because he was ailing mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. And he was losing aspects of himself. And he would have very, very good days. So that's another scary element of aging parents in terms of the dementia because the dementia set in with the parkinson's
0: Yeah, exactly. whole, and whole that
1: was rough heavy yeah man like forgetting names and oh, stuff he never forgot names per se but he would when you'd wake him up out of a s- sleep mm-hmm. he would get very confused, confused yeah. very aggressive um he, he had even maybe said some really mean <laughs> things yeah right right
0: which you know we're coming from a yeah Yeah, so it was
1: but that was hard for me to deal with
0: especially if you don't understand it yeah Yeah.
1: and I I did not want to understand it and I did not want to deal with it and I was in my anger phase while he was alive yeah and that's something that I have had to come to accept
0: you were so, still upset with him so yeah. like while he's having an illness that's causing him yes. to respond in an inappropriate yeah. way you're literally like why are you talking to me like exactly
1: <laughs> so i was <laughs> grieving from before i was grieving from before he passed yeah. i went through my denial and i was in anger for years yeah. and that's sad but it's, it's just what the it truth. Is. Yes, Ta- you know, truth it's your reality yeah. so when he passed away it was uh, no shit should i have been more Spent more time with him should I have been more sensitive should Should I have have? done this should I have done that like and that was that was a hard a hard aspect for me to deal with and also a hard hard aspect for my mom to deal with as well but um so mean it,
0: for her, in his loss, or he, in her observing in you a, dealing, dealing with it. For
1: her loss as well. Okay, right. Um, Because being a caregiver, that's one thing that people don't... I don't know if people openly speak about mm-hmm. it. It's stressful, stressful as hell. Stressful,
0: bad, bad, bad.
1: And it, it makes you feel less compassion in some ways
0: even for the ones who aren't family members even if you bring in people from outside it's hard so it's I think hard jam, yeah.
1: um so it was it was interesting to be uh, in that space yeah and to now realize okay now i'm in that space again for mommy you know and i made sure that i did it right
0: you felt i mean you felt better prepared in a weird way as weird as a weird question as yes, that is yes
1: yes i did um i was also preparing myself over time and uh, should get really good results and so forth but it it was always there it was always there i, I remember someone saying to me with less this was a very stupid comment coming from them With But less tact
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know if it would be tact <laughs> <laughs> i don't think this was tact but she literally said it. i don't remember if it was even after or right before mommy passed away but something like she was trying to be nice
0: mm-hmm. that's usually a whole.
1: but she basically said that i'm going to become an orphan and or that i am an orphan like you see i can't even remember when it did happen because the whole vexi it didn't make me right right so it was when i heard that and i don't even remember if it was after but it was the most depressing thing that i could have ever heard
0: yeah that that falls into the categories of people talking to single older people about what are they gonna have kids. <laughs> have kids are yeah. when is all the next the, when one? When is the next all of the insensitivities yeah. that we tend to not realise and, and usually sadly the people who say these things actually have good intentions. But some of them yeah, are just very fool. oblivious.
1: Sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. Not sorry for <laughs> hear this. <laughs> Should not have said that <laughs> you might <laughs> <may laughs> have to have a <laughs> color <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, sorry
0: oh wow <laughs> all right so all right so you you had a piece that was still concerned about her passing so really what what these um, imminent illnesses do, it kind of makes the inevitability a little bit closer it to your face. R- it was real. Cause prior to that, I think a part of us kind of feel like they'll be around. Yay. You have this kind of yeah. false reality that people are people in general in life will be around.
1: I always told myself, so I went through different phases as well. Because I remember saying to myself, I want her to be around when I, so I can tell her. Or I, I remember saying for, for dad, like I want him to be there for my wedding mm-hmm. which he was mm-hmm. um he wasn't in the best state to walk me down the aisle but he was able to give me away you right. know so you had both so i had both of them mm-hmm. for that but then for mom um because i she got diagnosed literally like the month after my wedding mm-hmm. daddy passed away about two years after yeah so with mom no it was like i, I want to be able to t- to her for her to see my grant my my children right and, uh, or to play with my children. Right. And then that shifted when I realized I'm running out of time. So I want to be able to tell her that I'm at least pregnant. Yeah. And, uh, or no, it was before that, it was even just to hold a baby. Then that shifted again, time running out. I want to be able to tell her I'm pregnant. That ran out as well. So it was just to be able to at least... Tell her that okay, we're gonna be trying. <laughs> yeah. So it was it, it. Those are the realizations that you end up going through, and that was my process of also coming to terms with the the loss that I would have to go through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because I think that is really what goes through our minds—the things that we'd want yeah. to share with because they are our friends at the end yeah. of the day. And then you think, okay, I'm not pregnant yet, um, so this means I can't tell her that. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So you run through those timelines or you have certain milestones in your head that you you expect that they're going to be there for. Right. But when you realize that they're not going to be, because you you're, you have the beauty of a coming to acceptance with time. Yeah. So as much as illness is not a good thing, there it gives you that. that, it gives you time. It gives you time to be able to come to terms and to grieve in a way as well.
0: An interesting perspective, but true. Yeah. Especially if it's not sudden. I'll, if I'll it's just, not sudden. I'll just, yeah, I'll yeah. throw that in. Cause with the medical. Some, yeah, because neemanka sometimes is sudden. And that's a whole different That's a whole different thing.
1: Especially with her pancan, we thought that would have been pretty quick too. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Fast forward to twenty thirteen, no, so uh, yeah, so so, <laughs> and 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 leading up to your mom's passing, I know how cancer can be. It can usually, you know, be the last stages can be a little rough. What was her what were her final days like?
1: Um, she was in pretty good spirits. Yeah, you said she had um, a good quality of life. Eh? She had a pretty good quality of life, but it was also just her outlook. Um, just an optimist, yeah. positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It got pretty. Fast and hard um, towards the end. Yeah. So I, I guess that is where the whole the aggressiveness of pancreatic cancer, uh-huh. how it, it it just it just hit us. Yeah. So I would say if we're looking at time, maybe in December she started going downhill, mm-hmm. and we realized that something like this is not something is not going very well. Right. Um. And we had gone for. Like, I, we would go to her her appointments with her oncologist. And in this last appointment, and I'm, s- I'm still very vexed about it, um, we were basically told, how we, how we were told was, what well, I was pissed off about that. There was nothing else that could be done. And uh, we were kind of like, okay. And I, I expect that that's something that they have to go through all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there was, considering that the relationship that she and my mother had right. and they were pretty close and it got very close and I think the doctor to her own in her own right she had to grieve too
0: right yeah right.
1: so I, and it, that's something I've come to terms with yeah
0: we, we grieve yes doctors have to grieve yes. even even yeah
1: but we just didn't appreciate how she had dealt with us at that moment so we actually took her last cat scanner or whatever to another doctor who was very sweet with us and he went through and he Skyped with my brother. And he basically told us, okay, you know, this is it.
0: So the the answers weren't different, but it, the delivery was different. It was and just the delivery.
1: Mm-hmm. And that note to doctors. Be careful of the important. delivery.
0: Delivery is terribly important. Yeah. Terribly important. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you're a doctor, so I can't say what I don't want to really do to our <laughs> care. <laughs> but I didn't really like it. <laughs> anyway, so um, when, we, when we found out that things were going down, she... Uh, she herself went into almost a shell for a while, so she just went into her bedroom. She was she she went through her process.
0: Yeah, we have to remember the patient is going through a process. too. Yeah. yeah,
1: so she became very distant, very quiet, and just didn't want to do anything. And we uh, her appetite started going down. And my a called ganja tea for her, and mm-hmm. it increased the appetite, and mm-hmm. she would eat. And then her she got very chippo after a while. Like we brought people around and we knew what was happening. I even told my brother, I was like, You you need to come soon because yeah. and he's like, How long do you think? Okay. This is not me with medical, you know. Yeah. But I said I I think you maybe have two weeks. I don't know where I got that.
0: But that was the estimation. But I was and right. And you're pretty accurate, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, when I had brought, um, we brought friends around and just, you know, raised our spirits and wanted them to be able to say their goodbyes as mm-hmm. well. And uh, to she ended up coming now with sepsis. Mm. So, uh, Which is infection in the blood, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, the doctor, that same sweet doctor, he had come and he had admitted her to Andrews mm-hmm. and said, okay, let's get her on some antibiotics. Let's make her comfortable. The aim was to just treat her in, in the hospital Get her comfortable, at least get her back home, so she could pass away at home mm-hmm. and have family around and so forth. That didn't go as planned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the she was she was okay in the hospital. I would bring her ice cream. Um, I'd paint her nails. I'd spend time. I got some time off from work. Yeah. Um, told them, listen, I'm, I'm gonna need time, and they they understood thankfully. Yeah. So. The plan was that I was going to be off for maybe a, a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and the night before, or m- rather the morning of the day she was supposed to come home, mm-hmm. was when she passed away in the hospital. Right. Yeah. That was an experience, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into
0: um, that. I, I mean, this is your personal experience now, right? <sighs> yeah. the, the finality threw you into a whirlwind.
1: Yeah, um, so I had gotten a nurse to be there with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, uh, she, this one in particular, she was a, a medical nurse. Mm-hmm. You said medical, a registered nurse, registered RIN, nurse, right, Not a practical well, nurse. I got you in it. to well, differentiate. yeah. So this one was a uh, she was a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had another one who would be there, so I could at least run errands because, that, mind you, I'm still setting up for her to come home, and just think about that for a second i'm literally preparing the home for For my mom to come come home home and pass away at home
0: not knowing that she may not come home right
1: right so i'm still running errands but i needed just somebody to be there you know so and of course i need some sleep (laughs) yeah that that would be good (laughs) yeah so this nurse i remember her calling me i had just left the hospital maybe about an hour before and she calls me and uh, i hear my mother in the background and I've, it's something I've worked hard to get out of my brain and I've successfully done so. So now it's more of a memory of a situation versus the sound. Right. But I heard my mother in the background yelling because she was in pain. Right. And I remember calling in a panic and saying, you know, get the doctors, get somebody to help her, give her something and found out that they hadn't given her the medication or whatever I, mean, I don't know if you want to edit
0: this part. <laughs> anyway <clears throat> point all of
1: the point of all of this was when I started getting ready because the nurse says you need to come now I said okay I'm I'm getting ready so I put in on my clothes and I was like oh shit this is it I just felt it I felt it and I was putting on my clothes and I was racing and i remember praying and i was like god give me wings god give me wings got my bust through every red light like i'm like i have to get there have to be there yeah just to be there for her the nurse called me back again and i didn't hear mommy it was silent in the background and she said where are you i said i'm just down the road i'm coming so she said okay so i got there and i walked through the ward and got to the door and when i got to the door they were giving her CPR. So they had a crash cart in there, like the doctor was on top her, like it was a scene. Yeah. And I collapsed at the doorway. And I even remember, I remember, I don't remember the sounds. I remember a nurse having the nerve to tell me to shush. We still have her up. Mm. I'll mark her face. Anyway. I'm not editing any <laughs> of these things, you know why? Because People need to be more
0: sensitive. Uh, and, and you know what? This is not an uncommon experience for a lot of people in I do even I'm not even going to target Jamaica in healthcare. <laughs> These things happen in yeah. different parts of the world. Yeah. Maybe here more often than it should. Mhm. And um, people need to know that this that this is how the non-medical person experiences it. Yeah. And that a lot of times medical people can sometimes be less sensitive because they see it a lot and they're in work mode and they kind of just not yeah. they're not really but I don't in touch
1: I, I honestly I can't it's, tell you if I empathy. was yelling yeah. I can't tell you if I was screaming you know
0: I don't know I
1: don't know I just know that I fell to the ground in a heap and I was crying that's all I remember Yeah. and I remember my nurse and thank god she was there she grabbed me up and she pulled me and she said she can still hear you she can still hear you come and talk to her so I'm, I, she pulls me over to her and they're still giving her CPR they're still aggressive with her and um, I'm like, I remember basically telling her, don't go, don't go, don't go. And uh, let me try and contain myself. And then something clicked in my head and I stopped. And I realized I was being selfish in that moment. Right. Whew. And I stopped and I said,
0: <sighs> You wanted that for you.
1: It was selfish. It was
0: for you, yeah. And
1: I said, "It's." I stopped and I said, No, it's okay, mommy. You can go.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, at that moment, the doctors saw, and I guess it was their cue, and they stopped and they just quietly started leaving the room, you know? But I was there with her. I uh, closed her eyes. Yeah. Um, I heard the breath leave her lungs. And uh, it startled me the first time because there were three of them and it's something that that's one thing I hope I never forget yeah but um <laughs> whew.
0: how how important were those final moments to you like if, do you think it would have been different if you I don't think I would weren't ever there m-
1: I don't think I would forgive myself if I didn't hear it.
0: Right. So you actually, it was actually better for you to be there.
1: I had to be there. Um, I'm happy I was not there when she was in pain. Yeah. But I'm happy I was there to 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 fare. You know, give her my farewell
0: in the final moments. Yeah. And
1: I was able to tell her that you know I'll take care of everybody. I'll I'll look out for everyone. You know, you don't have to worry. I'll take care of them. And the first breath I heard, leave. It scared the hell out of me because I was like, "Oh, she's, you know, she's." And the nurse was like, "No, she's going. Just stay with her." Yeah. And then I just, I was just with her. I just held her and heard two more. And then there was just silence. And at some point in that, in those moments, I remember just gently taking my fingers and closing her eyes. And I, I, I would not want to change it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow! Oy, we, <laughs> Where's the liquor? Let me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a discussion about smoking before this, but we thought maybe that could have gone another direction. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so that. So we're I mean, kind of glad idea. we didn't bring that smoking into the situation. Weed, be That's right, smoking marijuana. um <laughs> Wow. uh
1: it's heavy sorry it's
0: heavy no Whew. and and you know what <laughs> this is the first talk truth of this heaviness <laughs> of this but you know what I I am so appreciative I'm less so grateful you know after this you guys won't get to see this but you know I'm going to like give her a big hug and all this <laughs> so Anika in the passing of your appearance would you say that it changed any of your behaviors
1: um well apart from valuing time with family and friends more um, and that's also something sometimes I take for granted too, still. Um, I have <laughs> developed a slight obsession with constantly um, striving for... And it, it has become a compulsion of sorts. And I was trying to explain this to somebody else recently. Where I've been... Literally, it's a compulsion of trying to constantly meet and proud. So it's like if I achieve something... I have to do something else i have to do something else i have to do, do something Do you actively
0: else. think about whether they would approve of this thing yes you do all right yes is it always a bad thing though because in a way isn't that kind of what good parenting it's, is
1: it's good but somebody said this to me and it made me cry <laughs> but she said to me that hopefully at some point i will be doing it not with the desire to make them, make them proud, proud but to make you proud but to be doing it for me
0: yeah you like you want to divorce you want to divorce their their expectation or right. what or what their potential response right. would have and been from the action
1: and whenever i say that it's like I, I want to make sure that people don't think that they were like overbearing or no no it's just that i it's almost like i if i'm not doing something it's it's a way of me hearing their voice
0: and you also know how they operated right. as professionals and as individuals and yeah. as humans and yeah you humans big
1: big shoes to fill big shoes to fill but yeah. at the same time it's it's a way for me to hear their voice it's a way for me to get validation so mm. if i do something that would make them proud it, it it's like okay it's almost like you're speaking to them yeah and somebody will say it to me and i'm like oh god thank you you like, know you know
0: your mom and dad would be proud
1: exactly yeah
0: that's an interesting thing i I, had never thought of it but it makes perfect sense though yeah how would you say their passings have affected your being a mother your mother being mom being a mother
1: so it was incredibly difficult um because i had conversations with mom before you know about motherhood and so forth but i didn't i didn't have the, the detailed conversations, the simple ones, like w- how should I deal with a colicky baby? Like stuff because, like that. Because there
0: wasn't an overlap. No. Right. So
1: it was, uh, I found out I was pregnant maybe a couple of weeks after we buried her. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was hard. And I started looking and I say this story when I talk about Island Mom. Yeah. So I, I, I started looking for her voice in different people and in different Situations. I was trying to find mentors. I was trying to find somebody Someone who could like almost her. surrogate right. for, <laughs> for <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> and it, it, while I was pregnant, and while Seth was a baby, and I, it, I kept on looking and looking and looking and joining mom groups and stuff we and placement mom, yeah. And it was, it was. I couldn't find her. And then I started realizing that when I was giving advice to other people, I started hearing her voice in mine. And I was like, oh, my God, she's here, but she's in me. She's in you, right. So uh, I ended up deciding, or this is an interesting story. I had one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had with mommy um, when Seth was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with the idea of Island Mom. And so I literally registered domain names, started building website, everything the same day. So I started a community for moms. Yeah. Um but that that was basically the thing. I I was just looking for her voice. I just couldn't find it, but it was in me.
0: And in you and in Island Mom was kinda of your way of of getting that voice out to the yeah, public. Yeah,
1: and getting it out and sharing those sentiments of who she was with other other people and other mums and sharing her with other people as well.
0: It's interesting also our desire to create legacy for them even though they have created their own i I think we we kind of want to also create legacy for them
1: somebody said to me and i don't remember i was having a little bit of anxiety about something and someone said to me you're struggling with the fact that people have entered your oh it was a dream i had so i had a very i have very vivid dreams dreams. (laughs) can i tell you (laughs) and i had a dream where you might have been in it where i had a Greeted my parents at a gate, yeah. brought them into it looked like a labyrinth, mm. and I'm carrying them around, and there are people in this labyrinth who they didn't know, so I'm introducing them to people like you. Right. I'm introducing them to other friends who I've met since they passed. Yeah, and I carried them into a room which was kind of like my office, and I'm showing them like I'm like I'm so proud, and I'm showing them what's happening what in I'm my doing. office, and look, mom, look at this, look at this, daddy, everything. I'm proud and. And I remember only one person looked up and saw them. And I was actually pissed off. I was like, why the hell aren't y'all saying right, hello? Right. And um, when I woke up, I was upset. Like, how dare no one see my parents? And when I was talking to Mark about it, he said, well, the thing is that what he thought or his analysis was that you were introducing them to all the people who they never met. And there's an entire section of people in your life who will never meet them right so it's about that legacy that you are trying to create for them even through their like you want to have other people know them you know right so that's that's an interesting element as well where the grief is concerned
0: yeah Yeah. um tell me about the healing both parents have been gone so we're we're under a decade mommy's 2013 that's seven years daddy's 2011 (laughs) My memory not bad that's nine years Mm mm-hmm Seven and nine years, so both under a decade it's twenty twenty mm-hmm. um still difficult, as you say, doesn't get better, but tell us about where you are now and what has the healing process been like
1: um it has <laughs> i mean as much as I'm a puddle right now <laughs> i I function pretty well <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does I swear to you
1: I'm a normal functioning human being, just letting you all know <laughs> but um. The healing has, it has taken time. And I think in many ways it was good that I kind of started going through the grieving while they were here. Yeah. Um, it, I, I compare grief to a wave or to surfing mm-hmm. because it, once in a while a wave will come and lick you over. Yeah, but the, the aim is to at least learn how to either swim or to surf yeah. or to ride a wave, just like depression. It's just, it's for me, it, it's one and the same mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. So there are moments where something will come up, um, especially like milestones, like Christmas is used to be very hard. Yeah. Her birthday was very hard. Um, her memorials, Daddy's memorial, our birthdays were hard, but it's gotten. I don't want to say easier it's gotten it's gotten to a different space where it's no longer a a process of of going through like the angle of mine you're still angry with some things at the hospital yeah yeah (laughs) but there are there are elements where i feel less angry and more appreciative i'm more appreciative of that time that i had with her of the times that i had with him um but the healing it takes time. It I remember hearing, and I don't remember if this was before they passed or after. But supposedly they say there's a five year and a ten year. Mm-hmm. So there's a the for people who deal with sudden or traumatic death, right. it can take up to ten years for someone to actually go through the grieving process any other other death it will usually take about five years right on a realistic time frame because yeah. people go through you know and they go if you've ever seen that meme it's like all over That's the place amazing. you know there's yeah. no linear yeah. space right. or, or a linear um, there's journey no straight path it's pages, all over up the place and down and all yeah. so um I would say it's it's I'm getting there still with time,
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many friends you have who have lost parents, but my friend recently went through this, and you'd be amazed at how similar, yeah, how similar a lot, and this is you many years after uh-huh. and his is right very fresh, and I thought to myself, a lot, of, I hear a lot of the same the same emotions, mm-hmm. um just kind of wanting to be there in the final moments, um remembering everything happening yeah. in the final moments a bitter resentment towards the hospital staff for the things that they yeah. could have done better mm-hmm. or that seemed like they could have been different done differently um a lot of it is similar so yeah. have you have you any company you have other people who you've had this kind of conversation um, with
1: yeah a few um and f- i have many conversations as well with older folks too um. i think they they see a uh, I don't know maybe there's a maturity in, in the grief That I've gone through having lost them so close together yeah, because yeah. it was almost one and a toops year like it was It wasn't even 2 years It wasn't before. 2 years yeah. it was like a f- one one year one and, and a something. couple months mm-hmm. <laughs> So it was pretty close. Um, I have a, one of my best friends. She lost her mom. Mm-hmm. And she was overseas when it was happening. Yeah. So she called me when she phoned out what was happening. And her dad was at the hospital. And she asked me to go there. So there have been many moments where I've gone and helped mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. for other friends. And I was there and I held her mom's hand and did what I could for her that I thought she would have wanted right. if she was there. So I try to represent her in those moments.
0: I want to ask you for two sets of advice. Um, The first set of advice would be for someone like myself who is fortunate to still have both parents alive Mm -hmm. and functional. What would you say to people who have parents around?
1: Um... Well, for one, you want to get the business stuff out of the way. Mm. And, I, and I say that's that That's like very, a whole nother podcast. Oh, eh? that's a whole nother. Yeah, like, I didn't
0: want to go there because I know that it's a lot. But, but mention a bit I was
1: hoping it. we would have gone there. Okay, no, let's go because there. Because this let's was so there. emotional.
0: I know. No, we can, can touch okay it a little bit. I was
1: okay to talk to the practical side, you know. Right,
0: right. But not the <laughs> emotional side. We can um, touch it a little bit. All right, business. Get the business out of the way. Get and the business out of the way. What kind of stuff of we're talking about now? So
1: for one, especially if you have particular parents, you want to make sure that you have some access to their finances yes Um, you want to be able to know that there is something there to take care of uh, the final arrangements yes Um, so you have to get up in them business, yeah. quite frankly. I, c- I actually did an article on this in terms of coping with loss and the stuff that you need to look out and for. And this
0: was in it, yeah. We can, is it still around? Yeah, the,
1: I could find it for you. But 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 you have to take care of the business. So yeah. get on their bank accounts or get access or have them have you as a signatory, something. Because yeah. when the time happens or whether it be sudden or whether it be with illness if you don't have access to the finances. It's going to be gonna difficult, trouble, yeah, yeah? difficult. Yeah. Difficult. Um, hopefully they have some sort of policy in place as well. Um, but you need to take care of the business. Because if, if you have to worry about the money. On top of everything else. Stress. It's, it's a, not a level of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so take care of the business. I would say also you need to start having some very frank conversations with them. They, they would be also coming to terms with their own, their own stage of life.
0: But we need information.
1: But you need information. My mom and I
0: planned her funeral service. My and I don't think it's morbid. but I have it typed out in a I Google thought document. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. She said don't go over and our she had very specific things. You yeah. have songs, everything. Yeah. So that's done.
1: I mean my dad had my mom had gotten him to suggest certain things. Yeah. Um so in terms of having conversations with Burial him and like um, yeah. you have to ask these questions. Burial or cremation. Where you want me, to be buried. Yeah. When after it happens, like, and then what? there are debates between family members As based the on their personal right. preferences. Don't send them okay, you want make to bury them in mm-mm. a country where they're born No, <laughs> so make sure you have those very frank conversations. Mommy had like, she had she had a whole little folder. Yeah. That had different programs. Funeral programs. And she had literally selected her hymns. Yeah, and ma'am. everything. Yeah, so ma'am. it made life easy. It was just. I literally you just, just typed execute. out everything. Execute this, yeah. And uh, So you have to have those conversations. And, um,
0: and, and, and even though I haven't gone through it. Um, I know the process can be tricky. And guys think about it on many levels. Too, not just bank accounts. Stocks. Shares. Yes. Um, there's death certificate. There's a bag of things happen. And choose the executors carefully too oh, i mean not that the children will choose the executor but the executors will be the one who mm-hmm. have to ensure the things in the will are happening Most i got to be definitely. an executor recently and yeah. it was not bad because a mm-hmm. law firm helped but had it not been for that law firm you'd have to have a jp on hand there's yeah. so many no, there's steps so
1: many different things that are involved it's and it's, it's insane. it's insane yeah. so you want to make sure you have the executors in place um and that you know who the know executives who are, are yeah. one other thing that I think is very helpful is to if you have a good lawyer mm-hmm. um, that they have uh, some sort of power of attorney yes available, um, nothing that would be enacted unless obviously that the parent right. is in- incapacitated, but mm-hmm. having the ability for you to take that power of attorney document to the bank to get stuff sorted yeah, in, in the, the event, event is in the um, event right. Yeah,
0: somebody can trust a lawyer that yeah. you have a good relationship. Yeah, exactly. With. All right, so the business, start of the business. The That's start one of the tip. business.
1: Yeah. Um, I would have to also say that you need to cherish the moments that you have with them. It it boils down to the little things. Like yeah. people always think about, and I I always think about this in terms of how I raise my son and big stepdaughter. Is that it's um it's not the big things that you remember it's a little things so it's not the big trips it's not the the big parties it's not those things it's the it's the way my mother used to rub her feet together when she watched television or when she ate ice cream yeah it's it's, random. it's those it's little thing things
0: that you remember are the that jokes you that you remember they cracker, the exactly way they th- certain things, the yeah.
1: way my father used to laugh like those are the things that i remember And those are the things that i go to when when I need the comfort, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's to cherish those moments and make as many of them as you can.
0: Second phase of advice for persons who are similar to you who have lost one mm-hmm. or both parents. What mm-hmm. you have to say, say to them?
1: I would say, uh, be gentle with yourself. Do not let anybody rush rush you in this process of grief, as you heard from my um. <laughs> <laughs> my, your my experience. blubbering <laughs> it, it's it's continuous and it it's there's no time limits on it there's no time frame on it take your time pace yourself um and also you know look look for the moments that you you shared with them yeah take them as your make them be your fuel to keep you going um i would like to say that therapy helps yeah, too. Let's not forget that um, meditation helped for me mm-hmm. considerably. Um, what I kind of meditation are we talking about? I talking about some deep meditation.
0: Yeah, like listening to songs. Hey, what what form of meditation are we talking like? Um, waking I d- up early morning.
1: I did deep meditation and even some amount of regression. Yeah, which which helped me to heal mm-hmm. and to resolve issues with my dad. Yeah. So having a good therapist to help you through, especially if you've, you're losing a parent, whatever the relationship was. I was blessed to have really a fairly good relationship with my dad yeah. and a beautiful relationship with my mom, though. Um, for people who have a rough relationship, regardless, so, the grief is still fucked up. Right, right. So right. if if you are not able to heal in that, and you're dealing with the the heaviness of that plus the grief, it it's, it's a lot. It's a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, I mean, having a good therapist who can help you through that process, or talking to somebody, I think is essential. Just for you, you know, have, resolve those issues for you you're not doing it for them they're gone yeah you have to resolve it for you you're still here
0: guys I'm not asking Anika any more questions is there anything <laughs> else would you? Is there anything else that you would <laughs> like to add because I'm happy with this conversation <laughs> I'm wiping my nose I one think, second <laughs> um, guys Anika is not going to be your therapist but <laughs> no. um, and I really would prefer you reach out to her for marketing purposes <laughs> but how can people find you
1: um, well, you can find me on Instagram, um, Business Chic CEO, and I mean, if if you want a couple words of advice, D- sure. DM
0: DM her gently.
1: You can DM you me know, gently. gently, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you were moved by this conversation. <laughs>
1: and and I have a, like a podcast
0: too. Yeah, or yes. bo- tell plug the podcast
1: plug now. Plug the podcast. Yeah. Listen out or look out for while we were high. So, there's yeah. so a little bit of cannabis involved.
0: What's the what's the premise of that podcast?
1: <laughs> so, it's it's all about bringing cannabis into different types of conversations, removing stereotypes and and yes, I smoke
0: cannabis. So yeah. <laughs> this is why she chose "While We Were High." While we were high, so it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool podcast. We will have some good episodes dropping shortly.
0: Guys, check out "While We Were High" Business Chic on Instagram. Business Chic CEO. CEO. I'm sorry, <laughs> Business Chic CEO on Instagram. And we just want to thank Anika for being willing to be this open. Um, I'm going to edit little parts, thank but you. I promise that I'm going to keep it. <laughs> As authentic as it really was, yes. because I think that's where all the beauty is in it.
1: I'm so happy y'all are casting my nose <laughs> out right now. <laughs> Anika, thank you
0: so much for being on Talk Trot. Thank you. You just listened to episode number 29 of Talk Trot. And once again, I thank Anika Repol Wilson for just being brave enough to come and share what she went through with all of my listeners and I definitely took a lot away from it in terms of all the important things that need to be sorted out but most importantly the joy of just appreciating the moments and spending time with each other because sometimes the little things are the biggest things. So for those of you who still have your parents around like I do, love them and cherish them and for those of you who have lost parents, continue to heal, continue to grow and continue to remember the beautiful things about them that actually create their legacy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, share, comment, rate, review this podcast. And you know you can follow us on social media at talk.truthja and follow me also on Instagram at marioevon. Ah, Our email address is talktruthja at gmail.com. So if you have any comments on this episode or you want to share your experiences, please let me know and I, I can definitely speak a little about it in the next episode before we kick it off. Thank you again for listening to Talk Truth, a place where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Thanks again for sticking around another week, guys. Until next week, bye.